The Medical College of Wisconsin Office of Student Health and Wellness presents Well, 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 where each episode a very special guest and I discuss what it means to be well in the world of health science education. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Well, Well, Well. In this episode, Dr. David Cipriano describes what cognitive distortions are, why we experience them, and how to deal with them. He is a psychologist in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Medicine, where he's an associate professor, and Dr. Cipriano is also Director of Student and Resident Behavioral Health. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Be well. Thank you so much, Dr. Cipriano, for being here today. I always like to get us started with a little icebreaker for our special guests. What's one way that you've been promoting your wellness or taking care of yourself recently? Um, I walk every day. I walk two to three miles a day. I have to ask, do you walk in the bitter cold of winter or will your plans change come February, let's say? I will keep walking because we just got a new dog. And she has a lot of energy, so she's going to need to keep walking. And I've always walked all winter long because we always have a dog. <laughs> yes, same. We have a dog, too. They definitely motivate you to get outside, right? They won't, they won't let you just sit around all day. Exactly. So we are going to be talking about cognitive distortions today. What a fun topic. My favorite topic. <laughs> yes. So to get us started, what are cognitive distortions and why do we experience them? Great question. They are generally thought patterns that cause us to perceive reality inaccurately. Um, in more basic terms, they're tricks that our brain plays on us in response to a trigger or to stress. And then they start a negative cycle, which can lead to anxiety or depression or worsening of those mood states. And as far as why we experience them, well, I think some of them are kind of hardwired in. I'm, uh, they're almost universal, like an instinct. Um, the most common one that comes to mind is this negativity bias uh, that we humans seem to have. We are more likely, this is a well-known fact, I'm sure most of your listeners know, humans are more likely to attend to negative stimuli. They're more likely to remember these and so forth. And I suppose there's a survival aspect to this. Um, we can see where our ancestors that were more focused on the, the flaws and the threats in their environment were better equipped to avoid them. So uh, more likely to survive. And so great <laughs> for the evolution of our species, but now it's left us with this very real um, negative filter that we um, have to deal with. So that's, that's one kind of origin of these cognitive distortions. We, some of them we just come by naturally. Others are um, what are known as sort of core beliefs. Uh, they grew out of early life experiences or messages we received um, early on or ongoing. And so some examples of those might be like all or nothing thinking, kind of black or white thinking, um, generalizing, you know, if I do poorly on this test, that means I'll never be a good doctor. Maybe the this is a classic one that happens when our mood starts to go down. We tend to forget all of our past successes and strengths and only focus on our 
flaws and shortcomings and failures. And another really classic one with anxiety is our tendency to overestimate the chances of bad things happening. That's uh, where I think most of them come from. And what are some of the most common beliefs that you see amongst high achieving student population, like our listeners? Yeah. Um, One classic one is this idea of I am my grade. (laughs) In other words, my worth, my personal worth is equated with my performance. That's a classic. Um, Another one is sort of just reflects or represents very high expectations. I, I should be competent and knowledgeable in every aspect and everything I do. Um, That sort of thing tends to permeate throughout uh, high performing populations. And then a little bit of this perfectionism Um, and and really the, the cognitive distortion behind perfectionism. One of them is this black and white thinking. And that is that manifests as if it's not perfect, it's garbage. There's no such thing as good enough, right? There's no such mm-hmm. thing as this, this will do. I, I would love to give 120% to this, but reality dictates <laughs> I can only give 95% effort to this task today. And that's reality because I have 12 other tasks I have to do. Um, right. And that is anathema, of course, to so many of our, our um, high achieving folks. Right. And I think there's definitely some comfort, right, in this normalization and the validation of some of this is hardwired. And, you know, we all are strapped with this negativity bias that we sort of just have to manage. Um, And there's comfort in that. But I think, you know, when the rubber hits the road, right, people are always wondering, but what can I do about it? Right. There must be some way to find that balance, to find, to manage those cognitive traps or tricks, like you said. So how, how do people deal with these thought patterns? Yeah. I'm glad you asked Carrie. So first, the first step is really to recognize them. And, and, and that sounds so basic. I know, but you know what the truth is we allow these things to go on autopilot. You know, we allow them to just run over us and uh, we don't think anything of them. We accept them as reality um, for too, too long. So they become very automatic. And at times we call them automatic thoughts. So I think just first starting to recognize them. Then the next step is recognizing the connection between these thoughts and the subsequent emotions, right? Because that's the cognitive model um, is that the, the negative thinking leads to the, the mood state, usually the negative mood state. Um, so it's, it's that piece there that's critical to understand and accept the connection between our negative thought patterns and our mood. It, it, besides mood, it could be other things. It could be stress level, it could be motivation level, etc. And then when we get really good at this, <laughs> those first two steps, then we learn how to challenge them. And, you know, and challenging, that's, that's the tricky part. Um, I, I, you know, I do this stuff every day, as do you in, in, in our offices, right? Right. And yep. we'll always get people who come back and say, it didn't work. I, I did <laughs> yes. it. I tried telling it to shut up. I tried to <laughs> telling those <laughs> negative thoughts to go away. I tried telling them they're not true. 
And I say, okay, you gotta go a little deeper, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's not enough to just sort of say, I always go back to these, those daily affirmations um, right. that we see, you know, like, um, look in the mirror every morning and tell yourself five positive things about yourself. You know, it's all very nice and so forth, but it doesn't really stick, you know, and it doesn't challenge the core of these negative, uh, this negative self-talk. So I, I tell people you have to become a lawyer in your own head. Um, you really have to route out what's not making sense what's not rational, you know? Is it reasonable for me to assume that um, because I I, I gave a great presentation uh, on rounds today, but because I mispronounced one uh, term, the whole thing's ruined, the the, um, professor, the attending that was there now has uh, forevermore a, a negative view of me I will never get a decent letter of recommendation and I don't know how I'm going to get uh, placed in a, in a residency program. Well, well, you know, like what's not making sense about that? You know, I mean, you've, this professor now, if you're out on your clerkships has now had whatever, four, five, six weeks of experience with you. You said yourself, you gave a really good um, uh, in all other aspects. Your presentation was really good. One mispronounced word is is a professional preceptor really going to judge you and, and your entire performance based on one mispronounced word? And if they do, is it really reasonable to predict that that will have permanent negative effects on your future career? Right. So I challenge people to just think about what's not making sense here to, to become that lawyer in your head and really pick it apart and, and um, uh, come up with robust arguments against it. So you see what I mean? It goes yes. deeper than just these daily affirmations. Yes, yes. I, and I think what brilliant point you're making too is that many of us need support through that process, right? That it, um, to have someone that you're explaining, that you're sharing these thoughts with, who's also there to help you challenge or to help you find maybe the less than rational, you know, thoughts that you're having. And so seeking support through therapy, yeah. for example, um, many, if not most therapists are trained in CBT. It's one of the top evidence-based, you know, yeah. uh, strategies out there. And so sometimes oh, yeah. we just need that support because doing it on, in a, on our own can be such a challenge and I think can feel right. Maybe less genuine or like you're just saying a mantra or as yeah. you were saying, just trying the thought stopping, like just shut up thoughts, you know? Right. And so right. sometimes we need that, that support. And I will share with the listeners that, you know, all of you student listeners, you have benefits through MCW, you have ways in which to connect with mental health services. And I will put all those details in the show notes about the student assistance program and MCW student behavioral health and, and how to connect and my information as well. So. Oh, perfect. Carrie. Dr. Cipriano, if students are so inspired by this um, episode or this conversation and want to connect with you, how can students reach you? Um, I think a really good way is email. So it's just D Cipriano, D C I P R I A N O at mcw.edu is a great way. There's my uh, phone 
as well, 414-955-8954. And of course, I get that through my email um, onto my phone. I get an alert instantly every time I get one of those messages. So yeah, please do reach out with any questions or anything. Perfect. So I will also put Dr. Cipriano's email and phone in the show notes. So students have access to that as well. So again, Dr. Cipriano, thank you so much for being here. This is such an important topic and I love how specific it is to you know, what you're seeing with, with our listeners. And I have no doubt that they will find value in this episode. So thank you so much again. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me.